0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Brunch with Brent. I'm Brent Jerva and joining me today, I'm very excited, is Philip Muller. Uh, Philip, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing really good. Um, thanks for joining me. Many will know you from your involvement with Manjaro. For those who haven't heard of Manjaro, could you give us like a one to two sentence uh, introduction to it?
1: Well, Manjaro is a Linux distribution or an OS where you can have a free operating system with a lot of desktops. So we have the standard XFCE, KDE, and GNOME, and many more in our community edition like DPIN, E3, Mate, and so on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have all of them.
1: <laughs> Mostly, yes, yeah.
0: Which is no small feat either. Uh, it feels like, you know, those are some of the community additions you were mentioning there. And it sounds like there is this really large community uh, around Manjaro that is kind of coming together and, and making a lot of it happen. Uh, I, I would imagine for you that feels exciting?
1: Yes, it is exciting because um, a lot of people are there and we created a tool so everybody can use it and create their own Manjaro edition. So all the official versions are just examples and the examples are so good that we got some momentum there and everybody is liking them and try to put out their own version of Manjaro and we don't hinder them to do that.
0: That's kind of the open source spirit, right, is here here are the tools we used and uh, do with them what you will. Um, but it sounds like that is kind of exciting for the community as well, because there's whichever desktop you would like to use is definitely available uh, as one example.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of varieties and uh, some niche uh, stuff like only window managers and people put even their own new creation on our platform because it's easy to create the base system and then put their own operating system or desktop environment uh, on it. The latest, what we have is the Jade desktop, uh, just another desktop by uh, Vitor, and he is our homepage creator. And he said, hey, when I use uh, HTML and web designs, then I create an own version of Manjaro and use only JavaScript and stuff like that. And boom, we have a new... and. I think the last version, which is the first alpha version I did uh, just yesterday, uh, loaded up, and he posted me back a YouTube video about the newest version of Manjaro, and he laughed at me and uh, asked why. Uh, Well, he uh, used uh, the old version three years ago from uh, back then and uh, didn't review the new one, so (laughs) I missed it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's funny. And, and so if someone wanted to go see that, for instance, um, where where could they go check that out?
1: Well, they can uh, go uh, to our download page and uh, to the OSDN uh, servers. And it's in the community folder and it's called Jade. Perfect. Is the desktop, but uh, we have it uh, named as WebDad because Jade is trademarked, so we cannot use Jade. So, for uh, that reason.
0: Got it. Yeah. The joys of trademarks. Mm. (laughs) I did skip over uh, sort of how important you are to the Manjaro project. Um, As far as I understand, uh, you co founded it uh, with a few others back in, oh, I don't know, like something like eight eight or so years ago? Was it in 2012,
1: 2011? It was uh, 2011, it was, yes. We, it was kind of funny because uh, I was uh, back then in a different project, was uh, called the Chakra Project, uh, which was emerged out of the mod project, which was, again, an addition of just the KDE packages uh, in split version, because back then Arch Linux didn't have... Uh, so it's like the kate in one package and uh more or whatever uh, applications there are they were always were packed in this huge tarballs and you had uh, always this issue with getting only one application and we said kd mod would be that modification and we created split packages and it was always the cat and mouse game chasing arch Because whenever they updated library, we had to repack our packages.
0: Oh, my goodness. And that's quite a bit of of work for seemingly nothing, right? Like uh, that was sort of the motivation then?
1: To create the Chakra project. Because we said, okay, we can back then take the package bills and create our own base system, only the packages what we need. So we did a semi-rolling version, like a solid base system and put only then uh, our KD mod packages on our top. And uh, it worked, uh, I think, three years. Um, and then uh, the project itself split it up. So one of the female developers created the Chaos Project. It was Anke. And uh, I was a little bit uh, not with the team anymore and I looked for something else. And then there was Roland Singer. And he has this nice installer for Arch called Manjaro. And I said, hey, uh, let's meet up. Because I like uh, to, to see what you guys are up to because uh, I had a project and it's similar and maybe we find something better to do a thing which might be last longer as just the installer. And it was really funny because he lived two towns away. So I went in my car, drove over to him and uh, had a cup of coffee with him and talked about it. And he said, yes, let's do it. And so it started and yeah.
0: There we are. (laughs) I think most open source projects don't necessarily start over a cup of coffee. So that that actually sounds like a really nice way to go about it. Um, And quite clearly, you both seem to have gotten along and... um, was it just the two of you who, who kind of uh, were there in the beginning or was there a bit of a community surrounding you as well?
1: No, we had also one who was doing uh, the artist and uh, the theming, creating wallpapers and stuff. And we had a French teacher, glom who is doing the package manager. So we were four people starting it up. And I said, okay, let's do it properly, get one year dark, really dark. Nobody knows what we're doing. And we established all the base systems and uh, then out of that we emerged and said here is the new version of manjaro which is not arch it's uh, not based on arch it is uh, just using the packages but we have our own servers and uh, yeah it's something new and you can install it easily
0: and how does it feel like manjaro has sort of evolved for you from you know that that beginning year for instance and and where it is now
1: well, in the beginning, we only focused on one uh, desktop environment, which was XFCE. And uh, then we started to see, okay, uh, Roland uh, liked to have the GNOME uh, desktop. So he was keen to use that. So we added that as well. And since I had uh, the past with the KDE, I said, okay, besides XFCE, I will also do KDE. And there uh, we had the main editions, and we kept them maintained a couple of years ago. So I, yeah.
0: And it seems like your team has grown as well. You've got quite a few people on the Teams page now, and I would imagine uh, lots of community contributions.
1: Exactly. So we have uh, 14 people in the core team and many more as forum moderators. Uh, So yeah, a lot of people are joined the project and uh, now we have this new thing called uh, Manchara company. And with that, we will establish uh, the security of the operating system itself. And one of the goals is to employ people out of our community and uh, give them an opportunity to do their hobby as the job, if they want to.
0: That sounds really interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about the motivation behind that? Well, it was uh,
1: kind of fun. Uh, it started with a large donation of some person and that person came over and asked again and said hey uh let's do it properly i want to meet you and then we went over and uh, this person was clemens Turnis and he said well what is needed and we talked about it and then in september 19 we signed the contracts and uh, from there we went with the company
0: And so you are currently holding that CEO position. Is that right?
1: Exactly. So uh, I'm one of the CEOs. The second CEO is Bernard Landauer, who is from Austria. I met him uh, also through the community. And he was back then the community manager. And uh, there was a nice uh, thing called uh, with emails. Uh, We got a lot of emails. Hey, you have uh, Momentum created and we want to create a project with you guys with the hardware. And the funny thing was uh, we got one time uh, with a uh, Starlabs, which is an UK company. And the second time with uh, station X and we went for the second company because the first company didn't have a homepage and, uh, The CEO of Station X was Eddie, and Eddie uh, said, okay, let's meet up in person. And we said, yes, why not? And Bernard said, okay, let's go to Salzburg. And in Salzburg, he knew someone who owned uh, the Red Bull uh, area with all the airplanes. So we were there on this. And since we did the research, and Eddie was a pilot, so he was really keen that we meet on that airplane. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we did the normal tourist tour and uh, then we went over on the roll field, which is not part of the tourist tour and went into the garage. And uh, then we showed uh, uh, them how the airplanes get fixed. And it was all this old airplanes with the Spitfire and stuff like that. And our research was really good because uh, his uh, laptops also called a Spitfire because he was a fanatic of old airplanes and uh, this gave us the deal. <laughs> so <laughs> we went over to London and uh, he has an office uh, in London in an old building and also Bachelor Park, uh, the second office. And we went there as well and did some YouTube videos like repairing the Spitfire and stuff like that, doing a little bit of tourist tour in the Bachelor Park. Uh, Drinking a lot of uh, pints with him and had really good fun and uh, released uh, the laptop. The laptop was 1K and uh, back in 2007, uh, as it was, uh, it was too high and uh, we didn't um, sell as many as we thought. So uh, this project died, but we kept uh, the relationship and uh, yeah. So recently, Eddie telegrammed me and said, hey, Philip, uh, I need a laptop, which uh, Manjaro laptop you recommend to me? (laughs) And said, let me check with our vendors uh, which of them is best for
0: you. And check if there's one that's still called a Spitfire, right?
1: (laughs) No, I I, I didn't call it a Spitfire. Uh, In Tuxedo Laptops, the same laptop called Infinity Book. And then uh, we got the second time... uh, Written by Starlabs and we had no time because we went there and Wolf with tuxedo. And then the third time, a third time is a charm. Now Starlabs is also one of our vendors. So uh, if you are interesting and uh, keep pushing us, and we have the right time, uh, then you might get a partnership with Manjaro. So
0: yeah, it sounds to me like hardware has been a really interesting area lately. I know you've joined. Uh, us on Linux Unplugged quite a few times in the last several weeks, just talking about some of the updates uh, to hardware that's available there. And I would imagine for the project, that probably seems really motivating as well, because not only are you creating software, but hardware that's so nicely paired with it, and you're creating these relationships as well. Um, Does that feel sort of like a nice round way of approaching open source software and hardware for, your, for you in the project?
1: Well, the operating system itself uh, is always free. And if you wanted to gain some uh, revenue out of it or something like that, you have to create projects around it. And uh, having a hardware project might help you uh, to get uh, some traction out. And based on the sales, uh, the company earns a little bit. And also the other companies uh, gain more customers because our community is really large. And uh, each uh, partner we uh, look up is, have to have the same vibe. So uh, Tuxedo, we met up in a trade show in Chemnitz, in, uh, north of uh, Germany. And we were actually at the same hotel. And one of my colleagues said, hey, there's a Tuxedo car and uh, he had his magnet stickers and he plastered the car full of the magnet stickers we went the next day to our booth and then some angry person is uh, coming (laughs) over from tuxedo and said hey what the heck why he plastered our car with the stickers how we can take them off we said hey the magnet sticks easy going enjoy the simplicity and uh, it was so funny and uh, that's how we met them and a year before we met uh, pine 64 in Fostem, also a trade show, where everybody meet there. And one of them, Lucas, got ill. And we said, hey, we are a lot of people from Manjaro. And uh, we went there, took over the booth, and uh, plastered, again, uh, the pine books. It was then the classic one with uh, the Manjaro sticker. Go to the CEO and <laughs> gave him a sticker on the T-shirt. And he said, hey, it looks good on me. And uh, he uh, put a sticker of uh, him. On my T-shirt, so we had Mancharo Pine sixty-four T-shirts there. <laughs> From there, we go.
0: The power of stickers. Yeah. It sounds like you know how to have a lot of fun around some of these relationships, and and why not, right? Uh, they don't need to be all serious, but they do lead to some really neat collaborations. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, you have to be special and to be remembered. So, uh, with those little tricks we do there and there, it works out just fine.
0: It sounds to me like that's maybe something you learned in some of your uh, sales experience because I know you did sales for quite a while before starting Manjaro. Can you tell us a little bit about that sort of um, part of your history?
1: Well, I was a sales manager from uh, Conrad Electronics, which is electronic uh, store in Germany. It has many uh, shops around uh, Germany in the north, in the south, in the middle of Germany, And I was there a team lead for the telephone department and uh, later on additionally for the computer department. So I always was with hardware and doing contracts, uh, talking a lot of people and figuring out what they want and always selling them uh, the right things and uh, selling them additional things as well, because that was the policy of uh, the shop. And uh, there you go from selling lamps to uh, telephone, mobile phones, uh, some uh, picture frames nobody uses after Christmas and everything else around the Fritz boxes, which is routers and computer accessoires, parts of computers, laptops, monitors, and so on and so on. Everything what is electronic uh, was my thing. And uh, I used also Linux. And when I got uh, some money for christmas uh, they gave us coupons and we had to use them in the shop so i bought hardware and every year my hardware stack goes up and up and i didn't know what i should put the, on them so i choose linux and uh, did my project there so
0: was that your like around that timeline was that your first introduction to really using uh, or getting familiar with linux
1: No, it was pretty early because my father has a computer shop and back in the day, I got the parts and I had to build the computer, install the operating system and do everything. So I had uh, MS-DOS with uh, my uh, games and then uh, Windows 3.1, XP, Millennium twenty thousand and and so on and at some point I said I don't like uh, Windows anymore after I coded my uh, application to rip some DVDs <laughs> to learn English <laughs> yeah. and uh, it was really fun because it uh, I was coding all the time and uh, then uh, when my mom got angry and said, hey, dinner is ready and I didn't hear her, the power was off. So I had to learn how to do backups. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to learn, isn't it? (laughs) Thanks, mom. (laughs) Yeah. And based on that, I always uh, bought the DVDs and want to have them uh, collected on my uh, media server. So I had to figure out how to, to rip them on the hard drive and uh, store them a little bit less compressed, but take the same quality. I created a, a tool which helped me and it was uh, one of those things. Uh, I changed also just doing one application when I do the
0: operating system as well. So it sounds like almost a natural progression for you from a relatively young age, sort of playing with hardware and software and that just evolving and evolving and evolving to where you are now, really. Um, did you ever think you'd be where you, <laughs> where you are today
1: no actually not uh i did a lot of things i did it support i did uh refurbishing repairing uh computers and stuff like that and in each uh, station of my area of my life um i learned a little bit something new and all comes together and now i'm here where i am doing something totally different than before
0: It sounds like those evolutions for you these days are are really quite exciting because you're getting to sort of meet people from all over the world and collaborate with people from all over. And, you know, just our our conversation before we hit record here today, um, you were talking about how you've sort of have your finger on the pulse of some of these sort of hardware companies and and the software evolutions that are happening on a daily basis. Uh, I would imagine that feels pretty neat and rewarding as well.
1: Yeah, because uh, if you are on the pulse and uh, develop and see what is going on and uh, going with the flow, then you get emails, for example, from Canonical. So Wimpy, Martin Wimpress wrote me, hey, we have this uh, Snapcraft Summit in Montreal and it would be keen to have you there. And I said, uh, why not? Uh, I can ask around in my team if somebody else wants to join as well. And Wimpy said, yes, why not? Uh, If you find some, then tell me and we'll pay everything and we fly you guys over. But uh, no one had time. So I flew over (laughs) alone. And the goal was to have uh, snaps integrated in Manjaro and, well... I already had it integrated, and I said, hey, what about uh, making it full compatible, equal to Ubuntu uh, standards, and then I talked with Alan Pope and everybody else there. We had a lot of fun, and uh, some Pines uh, went around in Montreal, had dinners, and I was one of the persons uh, who had a tuxedo laptop, so I did a little advocating with uh, the hardware we had. And everybody was amazed about the battery life because I was always on. And even when they got their drinks, I was still hacking because I wanted to have the Snaps thing uh, done. And in the end, it was integrated. And uh, Wimpy and Alan was really off the hook uh, what uh, only one developer of Manjaro achieved in this week of uh, Summit.
0: I'm getting to know some of these really great people around the open source community, like I, I did a a brunch with uh, Wimpy, with Martin Wimpress, and I also did one with Popey, uh, Alan Pope as well. And what I'm always amazed with and what I'm hearing from you here is all of these collaborations that are happening amongst projects to really forward everyone's um, ambitions. And it feels like we are all getting quite far together, especially when those interactions in person are happening. So Kudos to you for for sort of making that happen and and being willing to work with them as well. Um, I think that's super important.
1: I think the the the, the tribal wars, which is uh, still there, is only at the communities and not uh, at the companies or projects itself. They are always helping each other. So if you see what Pine sixty four community does, uh, there are several groups uh, trying to get the Pine phone ready. But uh, everybody else has a Telegram chat and everybody is there and help each other. Here's a kernel bug and uh, I fix it already, take that patch. And uh, then it worked also a new distribution. Other guys do the UI and uh, put uh, other stuff together. So in the end, everybody's helping. And this is also seen by Canonical and other projects uh, I already met in person. And uh, also Calamari is one of the installers we use on our end. There is uh, Adrian. And uh, last Fostem. I missed him. He was in the same pub, uh, only two desks away. And (laughs) I didn't have the time (laughs) to change desks because it was interesting discussions on my desk. And last uh, Fostem, which was uh, this year, I met him in person and we connected there as well. And yeah, so it's always good to see uh, a person in person because if you only see an online, then uh, the connection is not as solid. And if you meet them and drink with them, talk with them, chat with them in person, you make a really stronger bond, which uh, is uh, longer lasting and everybody understands you better as just texting and writing cause lost in translation, stuff like that.
0: Of course. And I would imagine with so many different languages, uh, people collaborating in different countries, different continents, uh, that sometimes it's nice to meet in person and, uh, to share some of those cultural differences too. I know that's, um, some of what happened the last time I was with, uh, Wimpy and Popey. Uh, we just laugh about all the differences, but that's a, such a nice way to connect and to, uh, then bring those in-person relationships to, you know, the next four months of collaborations that you do online and, and through code and through, uh, chat. So, uh, that feels, I would imagine, uh, especially important these days, considering many of us um, can't meet in person, uh, but we will soon. So it sounds like those relationships, those investments that you've made in the past are are really paying off.
1: Yeah, you always have to be uh, keen to keep the... The connection is ongoing because if you, if you stop them, maybe they will break up. But if you're one of the persons who is always on the buzzer, always following everything, uh, keep in touch with them, then it's good. And uh, they will help you as well and say, Hey, we have this new release. Did you test it already out or? Uh, As we mentioned in the summit, you had these and that uh, problems. We already fixed it. Here's the patch. Uh, Can you check it, double check it? And if everything is fine, we will give it uh, to the new release. So those kind of collaborations uh, only get established if you have meet them in person or at least uh, did a video chat.
0: Because I know how you're a bit of a... A person who looks forward, Uh, you were mentioning how you you tend to look to the next five years and be a little bit maybe visionary or at least try to place your mind in the future to see what's possible. And I'm just curious if some of those collaborations help you point in the same direction as some other projects, not in a sort of, uh, well, more in a collaborative way, I suppose
1: well if you not look into the future or what the future might be you never change the future because then why should you change it when everything what is now is perfect for you and uh, it's always a lack of vision in the future to see what can be done or what might have been done the better way and uh, we also learn from things we did in the past and um, maybe stuff will be more simplified uh, as them now and uh, this is one of our things uh, we do at mancharo so keep the tools open keep them easy so everybody else can use them and if there's a person said hey why not do this Uh, it's much more easier as uh, the things you did in the past then we will adopt and uh, take the better things and uh, in the end it is what it is. The operating system is there and uh, we want that more people will use it.
0: And are there some things uh, that you have your eye on in the next five years that are kind of exciting you? Uh, some, some things you maybe are your, your projects that really kind of get you inspired?
1: Well, I think uh, the, the current project which is really inspiring me is uh, the PinePhone. So we have now uh, the opportunity to have a hardware which is open. And everybody can hack on it. It's not uh, restricted like you have an Android uh, base and then you have to put your stuff on top of it. You can really use the hardware as is and use it like uh, a normal PC and uh, just plug uh, stuff in, get it started and work with it. And this is the first thing I think uh, will help the whole open source community to get things also in small form factors.
0: I can remember myself five years ago imagining that this should be possible and that we should have this as an option. And at first I was a little disappointed that it took this long, and yet it's still so exciting. And it feels like there's some real momentum and uh, lots of collaborations with different projects making it happen. Um, So I could see why you know, quite a bit of effort is going into it because it's a game changer that we really need. At least that's how I feel.
1: Yeah, especially because uh, the things are now, everybody is uh, starting to track you. And if you have a Linux phone, this is not happening because you are the the king of the software as well and uh, don't have to uh, relate on big companies and you can verify everything what's happened uh on the devices and having the network with all the projects um one project is better to do applications the other project is better to do uh, the base uh, ui and other projects uh, doing better with uh, the base system like kernel and libraries and stuff like that and if you put everything together then you have this linux phone which is working and only uh, Small things, uh, the distributions uh, change will uh, different make it attracted to the community. But overall, you use the same base.
0: You know, I'm not a developer, but I'm certainly a a deep user. And it excites me to no end to know the possibilities that might come in the next five years around uh, these kind of projects.
1: Yeah, but uh, you don't have to be a developer. Uh, You can also join projects like uh, you just uh, translating stuff or what you do uh, talking about the Linux community or about the trend is coming on. Or you want to translate stuff. So there is no need to be the developer itself. It's only one part of the community. And there are a lot of other things you can do to help open source. Even if you're a singer or just an artist and provide a wallpaper, same thing.
0: You know, I'm so glad you said that. And it's a a theme that comes up. Uh, relatively often during these conversations is that, yes, 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 the developers are great, but so too are the designers and so too are the translators and so too are the community managers and so too are all of the people who kind of... Collaborate to make this big open source city that we have uh, run as it does. So, thank you for mentioning that again. I think that's super important.
1: You can't be the expert on everything. So, you have to have experts around you to help you to be the collective mind. And uh, then you can fight against Goliath. <laughs>
0: Um, You did mention a little bit of uh, privacy stuff earlier around the phone. I'm curious about uh, where that sits for you. It's certainly a topic that I feel quite deeply about, but I don't find uh, necessarily comes up as often as it should. Can you give me a sense of sort of what motivates you there? And also I know it may be a little bit of a difference in Europe versus North America, just culturally around um, how important privacy feels?
1: Well, I think uh, the stickers on the webcam on your laptop is a common thing all over the world. And uh, it's good to see that open source hardware have those uh, kill switches. For uh, the Pine phone, you have to uh, open up the battery pack and under there you have some switches. And those you find also on uh, the Pine phone on Pine book And uh, when we delivered the Pinebook Pro, uh, we forgot to deactivate uh, the kill switch for the VLAN. So everybody has to uh, activate the Wi-Fi to get Wi-Fi.
0: Right, right. (laughs) No,
1: we wanted to be secure. So
0: that's a sort of teaching mistake, but (laughs) it it forces, uh, I guess, an education around that.
1: We figured it out pretty well because some uh, users posted, hey, there's no Wi-Fi. And we said, yeah, we tested it. Also no Wi-Fi. Okay, you know. And uh, then uh, Pine64 and us posted, hey, you have to do this switch and this uh, keyboard combination. And then you have Wi-Fi.
0: So that's on the hardware side of things. But how does it touch you sort of on the data side of things and, you know, all the services that are... Um, being offered these days, and just sort of hoovering up all of this personal stuff. How, how does that sit with you? And and where do you feel like we should be going?
1: It always depends how how collective you are with your own daughter. Uh, some people say, "Hey, it doesn't matter if the government or companies uh, earn money with my daughter. Others say, "I no daughter at all because uh, I'm a private person. Why should?" And my data will be uh, free for everybody when I browse the net. So uh, that's why Linux creates some projects like the P-Hole with a, a Raspberry Pi, which will direct everything to DevNull. And uh, then uh, Amazon and Google can search DevNull for all the data, which is there not anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They'll find quite a lot in there, I think.
1: <laughs> if we have an open source uh, operating system you can decide yourself how far you want to give your data away or not and this is not given with android and apple phones anymore
0: i hope there's a day in the near future where that's the default for most people but i'm unfortunately a little skeptical and not convinced but I, i i sure am glad we're headed that way at least for some of our devices
1: well the phone I don't think it will be soon uh, this, the, the one and only phone you have to use if you have uh, online banking you might need still an Android phone because the banks is really complicated to get them on board on uh, a Linux phone so, course, you have to have a standard that's why Canonical is trying to get uh, snaps out there and mm. Fedora over uh, GNOME wants to spit out uh, the flat pack so we have two systems and we will see if uh, both of them have good good ways. And if we see some banking applications either on flatback or Snaps, then maybe.
0: You know, that's fascinating to me. I had never realized that that was a problem that some of these package standards could solve. But of course, it makes it easier for the banks to sort of roll out that software in one place. And uh, hopefully it can be fairly smooth and fairly quickly. But just occurred to me like thank you for sharing how those are that's just an example of some of the problems that we are uh trying to deal with and everybody well most of us are doing some banking right so these are the hurdles we have to go over
1: yeah, you can create a lot of applications like video player, audio player and stuff like that. But uh, if you have a key application, which is banking, you have a hurdle and you have to take that hurdle. And if you say, OK, Linux distributions, how many are there? 200 and there is no standard. then uh, the bank director says, what the heck is Linux? Uh, doesn't work. And if you say <laughs> there is uh, two Versions and uh, there are companies behind them, and they help you to get your application even packaged for that. And if you get involved and uh, collaborate with them, then you get the software in it, and uh, that's how it goes. Uh, but you have to have persons out there talking to them and say, Hey, this software would be nice to have on Linux over. And uh, I really don't understand why people hate snaps and flat packs so much because. There are so many distributions and we need a standard and the standard in Linux is not given yet.
0: It sounds a little bit like I'm hearing your your sales um, voice there again. You know, going to see some of these companies and creating collaborations is a sales process. I know it it might not be a monetary one, but it's a really important one to build those relationships and build that trust uh, moving forward so that we can uh, make this possible. So. I I really appreciate that perspective. Exactly, yeah. One question I have for you that's come to mind for me in the last week is around development specifically and how open source is a combination of so many different types of development. But I'm interested in your perspective on paid developers who work on open source versus unpaid developers. Uh, And do you have a sense of sort of Where that is, where the trouble is with that, where you'd like it to be, how to make it sustainable, etc. It just feels like one of those things that we need to make sure exists. And so how do we take care of of everyone?
1: Well, if you start in Linux uh, around this Linux open source uh, platform, you have the problem that uh, operating systems and stuff you cannot sell. So you have to have something around it or you have some uh, supporters which say, hey, I support you. What are you doing? If you concentrate on the operating system because I'm using it, then uh, I pay you the money for that. And based on that, we can uh, go on and uh, make this company and uh, employ people. So that's uh, how we do it on our end. And sure, uh, community developers are given and, uh, they do it in the spare time and some of them do that, uh, for fun cause that's a hobby and it will still be the hobby and others say, okay, if there's opportunity to make the hobby um, a real job, then why not?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope we can all sort of support those who, who, um, do such good work. I think that's really important. Uh, Philip, if there was something that you'd like to ask of the community, um, something you'd like them to go see, experience, maybe something you'd like them to think about, uh, what would you put out there?
1: Well, if you're interested in open source, then uh, look not at the big projects like uh, KDE and GNOME and uh, all the out there. There are little projects as well, which uh, might help you to understand uh, how open source works, cause uh, less people, less problems. And, uh, if you see a bug tracker in GitHub, uh, and you have a solution for it, uh, simply start, provide a patch and a merge request. And with that, you can, uh, get you started as a open source developer. And if you have the opportunity to, uh, join a company out of that, then you will be a paid developer doing open source. So many ways and little projects like XFCE and others which are in need of developers might will thank you to join them
0: start small and and grow uh sounds like a nice trajectory if people wanted to get in contact with you um where would they reach you
1: Or well, they can write me an email uh go to the forums ping me there write me pm look at me at uh, telegram i have many uh, ways to contact me
0: Great, and we'll we'll certainly link to those. Uh, Philip, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I really appreciate your time, and I, I definitely learned a lot. So thank you.
1: You're okay, welcome. No problem.